Hello and welcome to Love Signals. My name is Michaela McDonald and I will be your host as we go on a journey of exploring all the ways that love is sending signals to us and through us. Welcome back everyone. This is episode 43 and I'm really excited about today's episode. To give you some context, here I am in the southern deserts of California and we have been experiencing a super windy and super rainy day. It actually started last night and it's just the wind is whipping around and the rain is blowing in all directions and the sky right now has so many different clouds in it. There's been sunshine throughout the day today so there's been some rainbows as well. It's just been very dynamic, very alive and it feels like that time of spring, which we just went through the, um, it was spring equinox this past Monday. And this is this time where it's like, right, we're shifting out of winter and towards summer. And there's all this change that needs to happen for that. And there's all this newness, but there's also all this, you know, the, is it hot? Is it cold? <laughs> Back when I lived in Colorado, I know we would have days that were really warm and gorgeous and springy. And then we'd have snow. And there was just this sense of like abruptness to the weather as it was figuring out, you know, okay, ah, yes, moving more towards warmth. <laughs> and so I kind of feel that here. It's it's a very different texture in this desert realm, but there's been so many beautiful flowers coming up in my yard, just the little weeds, just the teeniest, tiniest flowers. I can hardly stand it. And in the morning when I sit out in the yard, I can see the bumblebees finding each of these little, there's little yellow ones, little purple ones, little teeny tiny white flowers. And um, the bees were here, busy at work. So it's it's a beautiful experience of spring here. And with all the moisture we, we've received this spring of, you know, winter and into spring of 2023, I think we're going to have quite a bit of blooming and green here soon. So I'll keep you posted. Now, I think that spring is maybe my favorite season, um, partly because I was born in late spring and partly because I just, I love flowers. I love those like tender, bright greens that come along with new leaves. And there's just something about the newness, the freshness of spring and baby animals. I mean, I could go on and on. I also love the flowers that seem to happen in early, like more in springtime, like lilacs and hyacinth and other, you know, bulb kind of blooming beauties. And, oh, and I remember too, um, in Colorado, we had a lot of blooming, uh, like ornamental cherry trees or, or apple trees or things like that, where it's like those, just those beautiful, simple blossoms on a big tree. Oh, so good. So, so good. So, Springtime is a time that I really enjoy and it got me thinking about, you know, infancy and, and youth and even the sense of our own inner child. And I really see how love letters have been a way that I've dialogued with my inner child because of my background in coaching and tapping. And because of the ways that I was trained to use tapping, I've thought a lot about inner child work. And one of the main techniques that I have used throughout my coaching practice, both on myself and with clients, is this process where, for example, rather than 
eating the food that you really want to eat and maybe that kind of out of control way. This is when I was coaching people around emotional eating. You would stop yourself. Maybe you'd even take a bite to like really awaken that desire. You'd stop yourself and then you'd push the food away and take a moment to just notice the discomfort you feel when you tell yourself you don't get to eat the rest of that. There's a more extreme version of this technique where you throw the rest of the food away, and that was created by Robert Smith, who has uh, Fasser EFT or eutaptics, which is a slightly different form of tapping. And he would have people, you know, smell the food, get excited about it, and then throw it away and just feel that, that sadness and whatever comes up. And then what you do is you follow that feeling of discomfort, pain, disappointment, you know, be neglected, left out, whatever it might be, you follow that feeling back in time to the first time that you felt it or just whatever memory pops up for you. And you try to go to an early, early memory. Sometimes the first memory that pops up is like, oh, it's just like a year ago. But no, you want to go to inner, you know, that inner child, go to your childhood memory and just go with what pops up first. It might just be a number that comes to mind. And then you might start to picture yourself at that age. And so it's an interesting combination of an actual memory and then also something that's possibly just a symbol that your subconscious kind of holds as this representation of how, no, I need food because this one time I felt sad when this one thing happened or whatever it is. And as you connect with that inner child, And, you know, this is where it's great to have a coach because they can kind of guide you if you get lost on the way to connecting with that inner child. But once you've connected with her, you spend some time with her. You get, you know, you you get really present with her. And this ties into this theme we've been exploring of presence, right? What is it like, not just to be present in this moment, but what is it like to be present with that deep held pain that your inner child might have? What is it like to be present with her and to observe how she feels? And then you can even take a moment to step in to your child self's perspective and feel what it's like to be her. Look out through her eyes. See what you see. Feel what you feel. And as you do this, at least the way that I've learned to do it, you're tapping while you're doing it. And the great thing about that is that tapping, which I know, I gosh, taking a moment here. I know I really just dove into this because <laughs> I just won't talk about this process. I think it's so profound. But just to zoom out for a moment, tapping is also known as EFT, emotional freedom technique. And it's where you tap on these acupressure points on your face uh, and then like on just below your collarbone, under your arm, top of your head. It's a very specific sequence of tapping points. And studies have shown and you know a lot of direct experience has shown that by tapping on these points, We send a calming signal to our brain and our bodies, and it helps us to release past trauma. This has been done with people who have experienced, you know, war-type trauma to, you know, more subtle traumas, like just the the full range. And it's also been found to help people sleep better. It's just, it's just like a really nourishing technique to do. So when I have done this, you know, kind of inner child investigation technique with myself and with clients, we tap while we're doing it. So it's kind of like you're going inside your mind and you're going on this journey of connecting with this inner child while you tap through the points. 
And the great thing about that is that any emotions that come up, the stress, the sadness, or even any images that feel stressful or upsetting, while you feel the stress of that, you're also clearing it. So it's just this like super efficient, amazing, and very kind and very gentle way to address deep, deep things that we can hold. And so there you are, right? I've talked about you connect with that inner child self that connects with this this feeling of disappointment. Maybe it's about not getting to eat something you want. And as you're connecting with that child, you honor what she's feeling. You get present with what she's feeling. But then you'll also take some time to, as the adult you are today, offer her love, offer her your compassion, your witnessing. Hey, I see you. I see that you're hurting right now and I love you and I'm here. And then you can get really creative. This is where it gets really fun because depending on what the client wants or what I want in the moment, there's so many things that you can do from there. Once that kind of charge of the situation has been at least released a little and your inner child is feeling better and feeling supported, then you can ask her, hey, what would you like to do now? And sometimes the inner child will want to do something to change this memory or to like go somewhere else or to get to live with you inside of your heart. <laughs> uh, so depending on the situation, there's a lot of options and there's so much freedom when it comes to what you create for that inner child that does live inside of you now. And this is where I really love to explore the power of symbology because like I said earlier, while this is a memory, it's also a symbol because the memory, none of us remember anything that accurately when we're really honest with ourselves. And a lot of times these memories, especially from the past, they're very biased. We're seeing things in a certain way. And that's not to say that you didn't experience what you have experienced, but the, the way that it lives with us and sits with us becomes a symbol that our subconscious holds on to. And so then it can kind of, without us consciously knowing it, can start to run the show in certain subtle ways. This is sometimes the territory of self-sabotage where people are like, oh, I want to move towards the school, but every time I do, something happens and I just go in the other direction <laughs> or I do something to sabotage it. A lot of times that's because there's some subconscious narrative that's usually based on some kind of memory like this that doesn't feel resolved. There's some part of you, this child part of you, that doesn't feel safe going in that direction. So that's why it's so powerful to really address the symbol and to make sure that your child self feels good, like ridiculously thoroughly known and seen and validated and honored so that she can feel really good. So, like I said before, it's not necessarily a memory. It's more of a symbol. So it's okay to get creative. I know I've had certain clients who they want to bring in like a beautiful team of angels that just shower that child and even their adult selves with golden light and love. And they just clear out anything that's no longer needed, creating so much room for this child to feel saturated with love. While other people want to create like a beautiful, happy place, a beautiful place in a field that has flowers in it, or maybe a beloved pet is there, or a happy friend, 
or something like that. So there's so there's so many options. And sometimes too, just to be really thorough with all the possibilities that I'm painting in this picture for you. Sometimes too, on the way there to the really good feeling, there might be some, some need to dissolve or destroy or even like kind of violently burn up some past thing, whether it's a house or kind of the memory of a person or whatever it is. And the cool thing about the space of a session, the space of, you know, whether we're doing a session with ourselves by writing things out or doing a session with somebody um, by talking with them as a coach or or I know like when I would do guided sessions with myself, sometimes I would just kind of like take turns like pretending I was a coach and asking myself a question and then pretending I was myself and talking out loud about, okay, now this is happening. But whatever's going on, that space is so great because you're not hurting that person. You're not hurting that house or that place. This is all just living in your mind and you're creating a safe haven symbolically for that inner child. And you're letting her do things that maybe she felt scared to do. Maybe she stands up for herself in a way that she didn't when she was younger. Maybe she runs when she froze in the past. Maybe, you know, like there's so much that we can do in these memories and in this space of deep reflection while tapping. So, gosh, I clearly had a lot to say about this. Circling back to this idea of tending to our inner child, there are so many ways to honor the inner child. What I just described is a very deep process where we can follow a current feeling back to the potential source where it lives as an inner child part of ourselves. Now, that's that's one way to connect with our inner child and to really bring love to that part. But there's so many other ways to love our inner child. And I find that writing letters is a wonderful way to dialogue with the inner child, right? You can write a love letter to your five-year-old self and say, hey, I love you. And I know that maybe you felt this way and this way and this way at this time in your life, but I want you to know that you're so loved and I know I've, I've written a lot to my teen self with this basic structure writer. Like maybe I know you felt this way when you were this age and you wanted this to be different and you wanted this to be different and you assumed this about life, but I'm here to let you know that it's, it's actually much better than that and there's so much love for you and life gets even better and there's actually a lot of sweetness in this time that you'll feel nostalgic about in the future or whatever it might be. So these are just some ideas that I thought I'd present with you, present to you, excuse me, present to you. And it feels right in springtime to think about our child selves. You were once a child. You were once a baby, right? You had your own springtime. You had your own beginning. And no matter where you're at in your life, whether you're you know, as people talk about all the seasons of life, which eh, I think we have, I think all the seasons exist with us, within us at all times. But let's say whatever season you are in your life, whatever age you're at, you experience the springtime. That's one thing that we all experience. We don't come in at the end, right? We all experience that early part of life with all of its beauty and and kind of the the awe that comes with discovering life for the first time, you know, having the first experience of everything, smelling a flower, 
licking an ice cream cone, whatever it might be. There's all those precious firsts that happen. And we've all experienced that. And it's sweet to honor that 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 infant part of ourselves, that young child part of ourselves is still here on some level. And perhaps, as I'm saying this out loud, I realize that perhaps that's part of what I love about spring is that in a certain way, it feels like it evokes that feeling that I had as a kid of feeling the wonder of life of, there was just brown dirt and now there's like a whole plant popping out of the ground and there were two bunnies, but now there's five bunnies and the new ones are teeny tiny or whatever, whatever it might be, just this sense of wonder at creation and newness and the beauty of that. So I hope that as spring starts to unfold where you are in the world, that it can kind of knock at the door of your awareness and help you notice the sweet things to be excited about, whether it's the flowers or just having more sunshine or maybe the birds are really talkative now. Or maybe it's that feeling in your own heart of feeling your inner child a bit more. And maybe you go on a walk and quote unquote, bring your child self along. Go on a walk and walk as if your child self is there with you and pause the way she would pause, smell the flowers the way she would smell the flowers, notice a ladybug the way she would notice a ladybug, whatever it might be. Presence doesn't have to just look stoic and and zen-like and all of that. I think that presence also includes the, the boisterous delight of our younger selves. So that's that's my... That's my theme for today. And I want to read to you from one of my journals, but this isn't actually going to be a love letter today. Instead, I thought I'd read the entry where it was the very, very seed of the idea to do the love letter project. Because not only is, you know, springtime kind of the time where I started to think about this, but springtime to me represents beginning. So this is really like, it's like the beginning before the beginning. (laughs) So I'm just going to dive in here and we'll see how it goes. So I, I want to take you on the ride because it feels like it was very it was a very organic idea. Mm-hmm. I keep thinking about my idea of writing love letters to myself. I have the fleeting thought of writing one a day for my entire 29th year. Number one on June 15th, 2020. Number 365 on June 14th, 2021. Whoa, 365 love letters. Some might need to be short. (laughs) I wonder if that will feel like too much and if the pressure will create resistance. I do want to do some kind of project that pushes me and helps me explore and grow in new ways. And this idea has been knocking on the door of my heart for a while, saying, please come out to play. I long to see you and drink you in and treasure you. (laughs) I almost feel like crying feeling all the love that's ready to be felt and received and shared. 
Hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So that was just the beginning, right? It's like I could feel the love that wanted to be felt and shared even before I started to connect with it. And it's so interesting to realize that because ah, it does feel like love is part of what invited me to come on this journey of writing those 365 love letters. And it also feels like love was my companion throughout it all. And I love the way that I described it of like knocking on the door of my heart saying, come out to play because that feels so childlike, right? It does feel like this project has been very like deep and connected with maybe my more mature and and wise parts of myself, but it also feels super youthful and whimsical and young and innocent, like true, pure innocence. And I wanted to share that with you all so you could kind of hear, those are the thoughts I was thinking about when I started this. And Part of why I wanted to share that too is that there can be very humble beginnings to things. Like, hmm, maybe this, maybe that, maybe I could try this. I don't know. That sounds like a lot. You know, just there's something like very organic about that entry that I appreciate. Um, So what's knocking on the door of your heart? Here it is. We're in springtime. What's knocking on the door of your heart? What wants to play? What wants you to come play in the sunshine with it? Um. Maybe it's something simple. Maybe you just want to spend more time outside. Maybe it's something deeper. Maybe there's some creative project that you want to spend time on. Or maybe it's just spending time with your inner child, finding an old baby photo or old photo of you as a kid and like really looking at her or him, right? Seeing the expression, the energy, the posture, whatever's there. Letting that inner child be here, be part of it. So this was a fun episode. I surprised myself with what we talked about and I hope that you enjoyed yourself. If you love this podcast, please share it. If there's specific episodes, especially that you really like, please share those with friends, with family, with loved ones. And I would love to hear from you. If you ever want to tell me, hey, this is my favorite podcast episode, (laughs) that would be so helpful. I love knowing what really connects for you all. So if you want to reach out to me, my email is lovesignalspodcast at gmail.com. Lovesignalspodcast at gmail.com. And please know that I'm so glad you're here just by being here, listening, thinking about all of this with me. I, I do feel it. I do feel your presence in my own roundabout way. (laughs) So I will leave you with our beloved phrase, there is so much love here for you. May you feel it more and more every day, every moment, every breath. And until next time, take care.